BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his views in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battles for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in. Polo's belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Mark Vick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Vick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. Today's guest, Mike, the executive VP and general manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, having been appointed to that position back in November of 2016. He's been with Speedway Motorsports since 1999. During his tenure as GM of Charlotte, he has been selected promoter of the year three times. 
Prior to his tenure with Speedway Motorsports, he worked in sports media with companies such as Raycom Sports, ESPN Regional, and Capital Broadcasting. As VP and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, he oversees daily operations of the Motorsports Megaplex campus, which includes, of course, the famed 1.5-mile Super Speedway, as well as Z-Max Dragway and the dirt track at Charlotte. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Greg Walter. Greg, say hi to Mike Wallace. Hey, Mike. Good to hear your voice again. Well, thank you, Greg. I tell you, man, you've got a uh, a big title. Um, <laughs> we were we were talking. You know what's really funny about this? Uh, first of all, the concept of our show is to take everybody back, what I call back in time, to current. A lot of race fans, they, they hear a name, they know something about somebody, but they really don't know the backstory. So we got together and we got a nice audience. How, how many people listen? Well, the whole world. The whole world. The whole world is listening. <laughs> okay, yeah. no pressure, Greg, to to spill the beans, but the whole world's listening. But you know, I moved down here in 1991. When I say here, that's Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Charlotte North Charlotte Motor Speedway to me was like this iconic, bigger than life facility. But what I found out, it only gets bigger and keeps getting bigger. And you've been at the helm of that. For, for many years, and I was so intrigued, and I was telling Jeff about this. You know, you guys do everything at the Speedway. you got all sorts of events. Yeah. And uh, kind of like to just hit on that, but I want to stop that and then go back and figure out where you come from. I want you to tell all the fans in your in your voice and in your title how, how we got to where we're at today. So Well, Greg was a radio guy. so Is that what he was? <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're a yeah. radio guy. So, hey, let's just do it like that. Take us back to, I don't know, what do you say, college, high school, and then yeah, bring us so forward. Go, you, you, you tell us the story. I want to hear Greg's life story that we got to do all within an hour. I, I will try to be, I will try no to be concise. My, yeah, no pressure at all. Um, so, the whole world so listening, up, remember. So that sounds like promoter math. My, my finance guy is like, no, boss, I need real numbers, not promoter math numbers. So you tell me which, 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 which one's which. So um, I grew I was born in Southern California. Dad was in the Marine Corps, and we moved back east. Um, and, and when I was like four or five to Raleigh, because that was halfway between where my mom was from in Virginia Beach and my dad was from just south of, of Columbia, and he was a stockbroker from Merrill Lynch. And so Raleigh is, is basically home. It's where I grew up. Um, when grow, And growing up, this is like, you know, Bugs Bunny says, I took a, a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I wanted to be a marine biologist, and I, I wanted to study a place in San Diego called the Scripps Institute, which is this world-famous, you know, marine biology oceanography place. But um, when I was in high school, I was in Boy Scouts, and I went to, because uh, when I got my Eagle Scout, my parents let me go to a place in northern Mexico called Philmont, which is this renowned scout ranch. And when I was on this trip, I met some guys who were in a kind of advanced thing of Boy Scouts called Explorers. And they had a Explorer post at a TV station where they would produce a public affairs program. It's 15 minutes about scouting. They said, you ought to come try that. It was at Channel 5, and if you know the Raleigh market – WRAL is this iconic station, you know, in the southeast. So always a lot of firsts there. So um, I tried it out. So in high school, you had to be at the tra- you had to be at the station like you know five o'clock in the morning, and, and I, I did camera work. I did you know production. I did it was a camera switcher, uh, directing, and I actually got on. I actually got on camera. Wrote some of the stories that we had. And again, it was only fifteen minutes. Um, I, I did go back later and look at the Arbitron or Nielsen books. 
and realized that back in those days, you know, stations weren't 24 hours a day. And that before they came on the air, they had a test pattern, right? You guys remember that where they would put up a signal and a tone and obnoxious. So our our TV show was on at 545 in the morning. The other TV station in the market had a test tone. And I looked at the rating book and they did better than I did. (laughs) So that kind of that kind of mixed my TV career right there, right before you even start. Um, So I got to college and went to school at Chapel Hill. Um, I, I did a number of jobs there to kind of, you know, to, to, for extra money. I sold clothing uh, to the clothing store. I DJed. Uh, I DJed in high school at a skating rink. This is back when skating was a really big deal. And but I started DJing at some clubs in in Chapel Hill and trying. And as I started to get, you know, towards the end, I was a broadcast journalism major, um, you know, but quickly realized again that face for radio um, and that voice for for newspaper. Um, but I wanted to get into station management. I kind of realized that, you know, being part of creating programming and content really energized me. So I had a mentor who was running um, Durham Life Broadcasting um, or had been running a guy named Carl Venters. And he was a friend of my dad's. They've both been Marines together. And uh, he said, look, if you want to get into radio station management ownership, you really need to get some sales background. Because uh, I was thinking about going to law school. And he said, get some, kid, I need you to get some sales background if you're going to work for us. And so there was a, um, a cable, local cable company in Chapel Hill. It was called Village Cable. And I got a job there selling cable subscriptions door-to-door. And if you want to learn something about yourself, is you go do door-to-door sales. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, so I, I would go by, I would go by, I would, I would go to the fraternity house, eat dinner, and I'd go by the, the cable place, pick up my little green and white, you know, print off, of, here's, the, here's the neighborhoods we want you to go talk to. And I would just go up and down, you know, and, and have dogs sicked on you, you know, and, you know, people yell at you, had a gun pointed at me one time, like, you know, I just, but I just kept plowing ahead. So what was the gun pointed um, at you for? Uh, because I, I guess because he thought I was somebody else. I mean, I, I knocked on the door and, and I, I realized later that when you do door to door sales, you need to step back from the door. I was, you know, 20. And so I'm like standing on the door and I'm right there. And the guy's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I got open the door and there's my little shining crest test, you know, big smile. Hey, how are you? And the guy like got this big, you know, revolver. He's like, get the, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, got it. <laughs> this is not a sale. This is at least one of those that it's, I'm not going to sell you cable today. Am I, sir? <laughs> um, so, so Carl, uh, so when I got out, I was looking for a job. My, my girlfriend, you know, the, the woman to become my wife had moved. She was from Charlotte. Um, but I needed to get a job and kind of get going. So I, this company that Carl owned actually owned a radio st- uh, AM radio station in Wilson, North Carolina, which is an eastern part of the state. A lot of tobacco at the time, a lot of tobacco country. So I would drive. I lived with my parents. I would drive from Raleigh to Wilson, which is about an hour away. And and that was a that was back when AM stations would get turned off. Um, you would turn the signal off at like eleven o'clock at night. They were called daytime and daytime AM radio they, stations. They that, were that was exactly the first right. I worked at was that that as well. Absolutely, really signed on at, at six AM, signed off at sunset. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. Yep. I never knew uh, yeah. that. So we, so um, my, and we, we, the program director was trying so hard to figure out what would stick. So we were programmed by the hour, roughly. He would be like news talk from six to seven, from seven to eight, it was Motown, from like eight to nine, it was like country, from nine to 10, it was like, you know, rock. And so we were kind of schizophrenic, but the program director was just trying something new all the time. My, as a sales guy, my number one program selling wise was the high school football games on Friday night 
and the obituary of the airways okay. where we Stop it. We, would, I, I hosted that show dude I, I did right after the i would do uh i would do a news call w h i e in griffin georgia you know where griffin is because you I, I do yeah. yeah i mean it's right up the road yeah. from the atlanta motor speedway so that's where i got my first radio job really uh, yeah i used to do the news call where i would call the funeral homes so i had a whole <laughs> list of funeral homes good morning this is w h i e news call do you have a report for us today? And they would say, yes, well, Miss Hattie Davis passed away. Uh, you know, Seriously? Yeah. I and then right, yeah. after, right after the news call was a 30-minute program called Swap, Buy, and Sell. I, I have people, heard those. Where people would call in with God knows what that they've got for That was sale. an early Facebook uh, yeah. marketplace. Yeah, right. yeah exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. That That's was right. a tremendous lesson. In being able to ad lib on the air, you know what I mean? Because you oh, yeah, you were on the air for thirty minutes straight. All right, and the phone's uh, not ringing. What do you do? <laughs> Pick up the weather. So well, it's going to be partly so, cloudy so, today with I seventy five. Talking talking about phones not ringing. So I um one night the I was working late and the the, the woman who was doing the the evening shift called and said, Hey, I'm also she was also commuting from Raleigh. She said, My mom's sick. Would you mind covering my shift? And I was like, Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I was a rule follower. I'm following the program format. I'm doing all the, hey, call in, you know, so I took the third caller. It got to the point where I'm begging, please call me. Please call me. Uh, and, you know, I'll take anybody who calls. So um, I had, had eaten lunch and had a, a burrito that didn't agree with me, and it was coming home to roost about 8 o'clock. Oh, and man. I was like, I, I, I was like, oh, this is bad. Um, so, you know what? I'm like, no one's listening to me. So I put on Indigata DeVita. Right, which is about 17 Man, minutes God. long. Do you feel and, like we do by Peter Frampton was always mine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I go, I go to 42 seconds. Yep. <laughs> I go to the bathroom, come back. I'm like, you know what? I like that. I'm going to do it again. So I move the needle, put it back at the beginning, and played it one more time. Uh, I played it four times that night. I'm like, okay, yeah, truly, no one is listening to me. I am by myself. So the fourth, after the fourth time I played it, I actually changed song and the phone rings and I about jump out of my skin. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired. My, my, my boss who lived in another town, I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he's driving through town. He heard the song. So I'm like, hey, WPOT, you know, control room. Dude, that was so awesome. I'm like, who's this? He said, I, I, he worked, I worked in the garage. He, all he had was an AM radio. And he said, man, I've just been jamming out for the last hour. Oh, <laughs> like, man. And it to Vita. So I, I burned like, one no. and listened to your show. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, brother, I, think, I, think I, am, <laughs> I, I am your personal jukebox for the next two hours. You tell me what you want to play, and I'm going to play it. He's like, this would be awesome, awesome man. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was AM radio for me. Um, Greg, I, I just want to let you know. I think you brought back some Jeff Kent days because he. No. This is the most he's <laughs> talked yeah. on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, once a radio rat, always a radio rat. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a something times. in our system. Yeah. Yeah. Good times are sure. So, um, wanted to get back to Charlotte, and um, I had another mentor of mine from from college uh, connected me with Rick and D Ray at Raycom Sports. So this is in the heyday of sports syndication. Raycom handled. Um, the ACC in a partnership with Jefferson Pilot, um, we had, and, and Mike, you will remember these, like the old Big Eight Conference, right? The old Big Eight Conference, the old Southwest Conference. We had the Metro Conference for basketball. We had football for Big Eight and for Southwest. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, I learned a lot about the television business and ratings. Um, Dee would actually, my first like month there, she's like, you're not going to get on the phone. You're not going to sell. You're going to go pull ratings and numbers, and you're going to understand that part of the business inside out. And that's what I did. I was locked up in a little conference room and I just pulled ratings 
you know, and these were, these were old books. These were like, you know, library books that you pull out and you would go back and you'd flip and you'd look up what the game did a certain time slot. So I was up there about two years and then I left. Um, again, I, uh, the guy, Carl, who was the radio station at Wilson, said we're starting a brand new radio station in um, Charlotte called uh, at the time Magic 96 at WWMG. And the format then was what they called a bright oldie, so Motown, upbeat, could kind of feel good music. And um, worked there for a couple of years, and that station got off the ground. And that was, that was a lot of fun. We, um, and it's funny how your life intersects what will be your future. Um, one of my clients was Town & Country Ford. And, no, uh, oh, yeah. So I go downtown. I can't country. tell you how many three hour remotes I did at Town and Country. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all did, right? That was a because Bill Sullivan, who bought the advertising, yeah. that was his thing. I always want a remote on Saturday, Sunday, bring people to the lot. And so one station might... after another, too, right? So you, when you got I, I, dude, there, it was a do, parade. When you got there to do 10 to 1 at 12 30, the, the next station was really? showing up to set their stuff up. But yeah. And the dude on the, the stilts, you know, the big dude walking around. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> a little competition in the radio business back then for Town of Country. We were, Ford. All, we were oh. all friendly at Town of Country Ford. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and, and so I, because we were a new station, Bill was like, you've got no ratings, you've got no numbers, you can't prove anything. You know, I'm not going to do business with you. And I just kept going back and back. And, and Bill was old school sales. So when I, I walked in one time and I, I showed him my presentation and I get to the last page and say, this remote's going to cost you, you know, $3,000. And I stopped. And I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-20s. And so I'm a sales guy. I'm still learning the ropes and learning technique. But one of the things you teach salespeople is you get to the page, you get to the ask, and then you stop talking because you can talk yourself out of something. And so, and then the adage is, first one talks, loses. So I slide across the bill. I know he's testing me. Dude, he, he'd been beating me up for, for weeks. And I mean, in a, in, a, in a friendly way, I just had to prove myself. And um, so I slid across the table and I said, here's the remote, here's the price. And I shut up. I put my pen back in my briefcase and I sit there. We stared at each other for 25 minutes <laughs> and, <clears throat> and didn't say a word. I tie, untie my shoes. I adjust my suit, you know, my tie a little bit and, you know, um, and I sit there and he'd look around things, you know, whatever. And he sighed and he said, he looked at him and he said, I don't know. I said, sign here. And he looked at me and he's like, dag, now that you got me. And that he said, the deal, baby. That's it's the like, ABCs well, of sales, right, Greg? The ABCs <laughs> that's, always that's right. be closing. Always be closing. <laughs> but it was, it was a great lesson. And, he's, and you know what? He was funny. Bill smiled at me and he's like, like I finally got it, right? He's like, kid, you finally, you finally get what we do. And so, uh, I mean, I would go out there on Saturdays when we had remotes, and, and it was a hustle. Right? You get people to, you know, the, the DJs to be sure they would bring the people out to the lot because that's how you were measured. Is how many well, we people had, did you bring we out? We had concert yeah. tickets and all sorts of stuff to give. Oh away. yeah! Now, if you swing by in the next fifteen minutes and take a test drive, we'll give you a couple of tickets to go see you. God knows who. You guys hold that thought because there's we're going to hold that thought. We're going to come back. He's the VP GM at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Greg Walter is our guest today. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, it's Mike Wallace. You need to get behind the wheel of a vehicle that's built tough with Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle that we have in stock. That's right, $500 off any vehicle that's currently in stock. To take advantage of this deal, simply visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. 
Don't miss out on this opportunity to save big on our entire inventory. Get $500 off of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs at Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard now. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointments, or collision need. We're talking to the VP GM at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter. Once again, here's Mike Wallace. Man, you guys have made this fun. I mean, Greg, you brought back a lot of time for Jeff. Jeff's shared stuff that I'd never heard about him. So. When we just start talking about playing records in the in the disco bars and stuff, you know, back yeah. in the late 70s, early 80s, I was there doing that. In fact, we lived in Savannah, Georgia in the early 80s, so I would go down oh, to a wow. couple of those clubs on River Street, you know, Upper Factors Walk down there on River oh, yeah? Street. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, the cool, one of those, one of, so one of those moments in my life where I was cool in my kids' eyes for about a half a second <laughs> was our, our youngest daughter found my album collection. And um, she was going through it. And, you know, I had, you know, the classic rock stuff and everything. And, and I had some dance stuff because I DJed. And then she found a record that was a 12-inch LP. You know, I remember how they used to have one song on one side of a, of a, of a large album, a long disc and she looked at it and it had these white marks on it. She said, Dad, what, what happened here? I said, that's the record I would scratch. And she looked at me as if someone had stolen her father. Like, wait, who are you? I'm like, yeah, I used to scratch records. Back you know, when you actually did a turntable. She said, no, Dad, shut up. You're scaring me. I'm like, no, seriously, that's what I do. So, so for about 30 seconds, like, Dad, don't, don't tell my friends this. This is like you were actually cool. In college, I'm like, yeah, for, for, for about 20 seconds, babe. Yeah, I was. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so, um, you could fall so back we, on that if you needed to, Greg. You know, like, well, now I, I, we, we do these EDM festivals out here, and you see yeah. those DJs. It is all they could launch, they could launch missiles from what they have. Now. It's a, it's, I know it's all on it's, computer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. way over my head. So, let's jump back to the town and country days. That was, after you got that little sales lesson from, from the guy. <laughs> the so, so where'd you go from there? How'd things progress from the town and country day? So I uh, did, did well on radio, and um, but I got, again, so many times, and you guys know this, in your career, it's about who you've worked with and about, um, you know, friends introducing you to opportunities. So a guy I'd worked with at Raycom had gone over to a company that was called Creative Sports Marketing at the time. And they did the same thing that Raycom did, except they specialized in conferences like the Sun Belt, um, the Ohio Valley, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference. And they would do – most of their focus was creating game, putting games on what was the growing regional sports network business. There was a, a sports channel Chicago, sports channel, you know, um, Texas or sports channel Florida. And so the, the regional sports networks were really growing at a pretty pretty fast pace. So I started off in advertising sales there. And then um, I actually got asked a couple of times to go with the syndication guys, the guys who would be calling on um, TV stations and say, hey, would you mind telling them how to sell this? And that, 
so I did pretty well with that. And so I began to do more and more. And finally, I, I was in syndication aspect. So I would do research on what games we should put at what times, what should happen during February for sweeps or fall and November football games. And then I would go visit the TV stations. And um, but that's where that's where I got my first law introduction to NASCAR, because back in those days, NASCAR was predominantly on cable. And in and, and, and that time, you know, there wasn't the, the, the consistency of, hey, first half of the season on Fox, second half of the season on NBC or, or ABC or where it was. What was year, some, what year some, would that have been in? Ballpark. Man, this is early, early 90s. Okay. Early 90s. This is before the TV deal that got done in early 2000. Okay. Um, so, like, for instance, I think that the, the World 600 was on – like either TNN or TBS. I want to say TBS. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the I think TBS, it's a TBS trucks out there. Yeah. So, so it was all over the place. Um, so what we did was take the the ESPN game, ESPN races, and we would cut them down into an hour broadcast. We would, you know, basically do the, all the highlights. We would have Eli Gold and Benny Parsons do the voiceover. It's kind of like the old Notre Dame football, if you guys ever saw that on Sunday mornings, where they would kind of do what they would call speedball, where they would kind of recap a Notre Dame football game um after you know uh, the game on saturday so that was my first introduction to nascar um i remember calling a program director at a tv station in boston and you know my my, my sales guys were leaning on me you got to get some of the bigger markets and and um it's okay so i'm calling the, the independent station in boston and say look you know i've got i have my, my spiel down pat right I, I could give it you know nascar this it's about lifestyle family and i've got the greats of the sport you know i've got deal earnhardt i got rusty wallace you know i got uh davy allison and of course i've got the king and she paused and she said the king i said yes ma'am i got the king she said well heck son if you got elvis driving a stock car i'll run that twice a week no no man no I, i'm sorry wrong king uh, let me let me check up here sorry about that i'm gonna roll yeah Germans bomb Pearl Harbor, you know, we just go with it. So I, I um, but I had, I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, but what I realized career wise was that in the syndication business, you were either going to end up in LA or New York. And I had a young family and just lifestyle wise, that was just not something I think, you know, my wife and I wanted to do. So I needed to do a career reset. I need to get back into advertising sales. And so that's when uh, we moved back to Raleigh, and um, I got a job with a company called Capital Broadcasting, WRAL, with the same TV station group, same ownership that that where I did the the TV public affairs show. And we had we had a number of of sports radio networks, TV networks. Um, we actually started the Carolina Panthers radio network when they first moved to town. Um, I had. Uh, Duke and NC State radio networks there. I had NASCAR radio networks. Funny story, I actually got kicked out of Coach K's office. Um, I remember I tell you I'm a UNC grad, so actually they made me, you know, God's got a sense of humor when he makes a Carolina guy sales manager for the Duke radio network. I even learned how to spell Duke the right way, not D-O-O-K, but D-U-K-E. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in Coach K's office, and I'm with uh, Mike Saab, who's the uh, assistant athletic director for, for marketing stuff, and and uh, just my first time getting no coach. And he said, uh, Walter, and I would take my class ring off and put it in the cup holder every time I go into the offices. And so uh, coach said, Walters, where'd you go to school? I'm like, oh, here we go. I said, coach, I went down the street. He said, NC State? And I said, no, it's the other direction. He sighed real big, crossed his arm. He said, you went to Carolina? I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, you're okay for a Carolina guy. And I should have shut up. I should not have kept my, I should have kept my mouth shut. I said, well, coach, I'm going to tell you my dad played at Navy. He said, what? I said, yeah, my dad played the oh, JV football. He's, an Army guy, right? he's, 
Yeah, he said, get out. <laughs> get out. He wouldn't talk to me for like two weeks. I mean, he was playing, but he's like, get out of my office. I'm like, so I actually kind of thought I was going to lose my job for of my mouth. But, um, but that's where uh, you know, PRN was one of our clients for the NASCAR. We had Winston Cup today with Mark Garrow. Um, we rep from an advertising standpoint and syndication standpoint, all of Doug Rice's, you know, the, the races that we had here at Speedway Motorsports. So, and again, I firmly believe God kind of opens one door, closes another. Um, Doug called, we, I'm actually up in Charlotte, uh, down in Charlotte playing in a golf tournament, uh, this SCC golf tournament. And Doug's like, have you ever thought about leaving capital? I'm like, well, you know, just uh, maybe so kind of. He said, well, there's a, there's a director sales position open down in Atlanta. And I said, I, you know, Doug, I've always lived in the Carolinas and I made this career choice because I wanted to stay close to family. That was important to us. He said, no, you really ought to go talk to Ed Clark. Ed's an icon in the sport, um, a highly respected general manager. You, you ought to go down there and talk to him. So I, I drove down that summer and saw Ed and, and really hit it off with him. And if you know Ed, just a, this, this wonderful Southern gentleman and everybody knew him in the sport. He had this great history working, you know, with Humpy. He and Eddie were good friends. And there was just a lot of legacy knowledge there. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. So in um, fall of 99, um, I drove down to, um, down to Hampton, Georgia. I stayed in the condominium. So my, my day was I would Wake up in the morning, work out, and then go down three flights of stairs, go to my office, and then work until sunset and whatever, and then go back upstairs. I never left the track like five days. Just that's all I did, back and forth, up and down the stairs. There's, nothing, kind of, else kind of in, there's nothing else to do yeah. in Hampton, Georgia. Yeah, Trust yeah, me. yeah, yeah. at that time, you're, you're darn right. Yeah, <laughs> okay, absolutely. I got to stop you right there because there's a question that we normally ask every driver and crew chief, and you just made the comment, you drove to Atlanta. So, so no the, point in so, an airplane if you're so, going from Raleigh to Atlanta or Hampton, Georgia, as the case may but, be. Right, but you got to ask them what you're going to drive your vehicle. So we've had you know any number of guests, what a hundred plus guests on this show, and one of the questions we like to ask is when you left point A to get to point B to further your career, what kind of car were you driving? I had a Pontiac Grand Am five speed. Um, so that's a pretty nice. It, it was a, yeah, it was a nice one. Yeah, yeah you're was. a little upscale um, compared to everybody else's stuff. <laughs> he was already a GM. Or, yeah, you know. well. <laughs> so, well, I was, you know, I've listened to the show, and I knew you asked this question. I'm like, I looked at my wife. I was like, please, this was not during when I drove the Buick Skylark. And she said, oh, that would have been good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's so your cue to just good. make something up, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a 1965 Woody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, gosh. go back so, to you were staying at the Speedway, working out. Staying at Speedway, yeah. So it was, you know, um, and Ed was a great teacher. Um, he knew everybody. He was respected. Um, we had two races. At that time, we had the last race of the season in November. Um, I just kind of immersed myself into the contracts. But it, it was basically, you were the, it was the same thing. And that was, we were, sound, we were brokers of people's attention, right? That it was just different. It was... Um, rather than selling puffs of air in, in time on a TV broadcast or a, uh, a radio broadcast, we were selling signage and, and things that, that people would look at because they would come to Atlanta, enjoy a race, enjoy a race weekend, and then they would see the signage and that would have value for our sponsors. So it translated pretty easily. Um, the creativity you had to have in radio um, was helped me a lot, coming up with ideas and coming up with ideas on the fly. That, that made a sense. Um, I was direct. I was 
director of sales and then became VP of sales until um, 2014, Marcus called me and said, hey, I'd like for you to come to Charlotte and work on our national sales team. We, um, you know, I had a really, had a good rapport with my peers and um, it's like, hey, I want you to work on national sales, dealing with some of our corporate partners and bringing new business in. And so I, you know, our, our oldest had graduated from Georgia, um, was out working. Our youngest, we have an age difference between the two girls. Um, our youngest was getting ready to start high school. And so we kind of really gave some consideration and prayer about, you know, is this the right time for us? And, you know, again, one door opens, one door closes. And it's like, yep, this is the right move. And so we moved up here. Um, biggest mistake I made was living in Burkdale. At the time, you know, because all that shopping was too right much there. traffic. So, yeah. oh, okay, um, oh, you yeah, know, the wife yeah, spent yeah. too much money. You mean? Well, actually, it wasn't the wife; it was a daughter. So, so oh, okay. it was, uh, <laughs> it's like we're trying to make everybody happy, yeah. so we, we gave right, her grace. We're over in the Highland Creek area, so I'm right down the road from there. I know exactly. What you're talking <laughs> you about. know, yeah. talking about. it's funny, um, funny that you're you said that. There's a friend of mine when you said make the daughter happy. <laughs> His, da- his daughter was – she was depressed – kind of not depressed, but not happy about something. So her mom says, well, let's just do some shopping, online shopping. <laughs> he says, oh, my God. He says, we had boxes after boxes showing up for days. And he says, finally, I had to put a stop to it. So I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt that. But no, to- you're good. Whatever you're works. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we you – know, so I was doing the, the – um, the national sales stuff and having a really good time. And what was cool about that for me was I got a chance to go to the other tracks, right? I got to go see what Eddie was doing in Texas. I got to go see what, you know, you know, Jeff Bird um, had been doing. Um, I had got to see, you know, um, but the yeah, Chris Powell out in Las Vegas and, and Steve Page out in Sonoma and how, how the cultures were different, but we were Steve, we were all speaking to the fans in our unique way. And that was kind of cool and see how the cultures were at the different tracks. In late 2016, um, uh, I was actually in Raleigh. My dad had had, was having open heart surgery and um, I was up there and I got a text from Mark. He said, hey, G-Dub, how's your dad doing? And texted back, gave him an update. He was doing good and, and prognosis was really excellent. And then um, he said, are, are you coming back today? And I said, yeah, actually I am. He said, well, could you mind swinging by the office? And I'm like, Marcus, I'm in a ball cap, jeans, and sweatshirt, but absolutely, if that's okay. He said, yeah, perfect. So um, I show up, you know, ratty tat, you know, hadn't showered because been up, you know, all with my brother and sister taking care of dad. And um, he pulls me in the office, we start talking. And if you know my boss, he's got this, he's got this really um, compassionate side to him, right? Just talk about your dad, what's going on there. And, and, and so we talked about him for a bit. And, um, some issues my dad was facing. And then um, he said, look, you know, are you happy? Are you happy with what you're doing? How's it been you guys moving back? We talked through life a little bit. And then he begins to share some vision for the company, right? The, the growth, we had eight tracks. And um, he said, you know, um, and this is before he started, I realized at the time, this is before he's getting ready to go after MLS. So for your listeners, Marcus um, went after getting the MLS franchise for Charlotte was the first one to try to get to go after him. And he said, look, I, I want someone, I need someone who I trust to, to take over the day to day. And I'm like, wait, am I getting pumped? I mean, I'm looking around the room like me, I mean, I, me. And he said, yeah, yeah, you. Um, and dude, I mean, this is the track his, his dad started. This is the track that, you know, that he ran. This is a track that, that Humpy was at for years. I mean, there's a lot of legacy here. And I'm like, 
and, and nervously say, uh, okay. And he kind of grinned at me and, and he, he said, this is awesome. Great. And then he grabs this big folder of papers off his desk and hands it to me. He said, okay, need you to review these and sign these checks and da, da, da. And I, I'm kind of smiling and we're laughing about it. And he said, by the way, you're on the B team. I'm like, what? The B team? Marcus, this is Charlotte Motor Speedway. You know, it's, it's a crown jewel of the sport. He said, no, no, you need to always be here. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> on it. The B team. <laughs> hold, hold that thought. The B team's coming back. Because we'll be right back. We're talking to the VPGM Charlotte Motor Speedway. Greg Walter is our guest today. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace is teaming up with Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard to save you money on your vehicle purchase. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle in stock. Hey, Mike, there's a landing page online with all the info you need to take advantage of this offer. FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. You can view inventory and more. You can even listen to any of the 80-plus episodes of Fast Car to NASCAR while there. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. We are back with Greg Walter, VP GM. A shot of Motor Speedway once again. Here's Mike Wallace. Well, the leader of the B team, we'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, actually. B, That's right. What was that? Only because you're going to be spending a lot of time. Be spending a lot of yeah. time. I mean, <laughs> did that kind of like you're going to be the boss, but the B team? What did you think about that? Well, you know, he, he it was there was part of the surreal. Uh, wait, it's me. I mean, there are a lot of great leaders in our company, and there are a lot of great leaders outside the company who this job would have been perfect for and so like when i walked out of his office i'm like did i did i hear this right did I, I mean is this for real and um and and but i mean we was joking about being on the b team i mean it is there's 1400 days of activity out here and so there's something going on two or three things going on every single day i'm looking out we've got you know toyota's doing the this dealer program out front ford performance is doing you know their driving school um, we got Christmas lights being set up. They're going to start this weekend. I mean, it just never stops. And so be on the B team being here. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that, which is cool. Cause I'm, I'm blessed to work with some, some amazing people. So, so when, when you are, and I just drove by there yesterday and I noticed there was something going on in the parking lots out front. Right. So that's a Toyota yeah. thing going on. So, mm -hmm. so where does that where does that come does does toyota contact you do you contact them is that is that a sales thing is that something that your team executes how does that whole thing come down yes all that <laughs> i mean literally it, 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 it can come any number of ways right so toyota is a, is a huge partner of ours 
And so they may say, hey, look, we're going to do a program for these dealers. You have all this this real estate. Can we utilize it? And, and that may be a, a transaction that may be part of a sponsorship. Um, you know, the, the, the Christmas thing is something that we're doing. So that is a, an event that we produce. We take the risk on. If it's a music festival, it may be just a track rental. And we provide infrastructure and support for that. Um, you know, the, the, when you do the, um, world outlaws, the, the dirt racing, that's a, that's a, a partnership with them. When we do NHRA, you know, it's a partnership with NHRA. Um, it, it, it could be any number of things. It could be like SCCA when they, they run the Roval, that could be a, just a track rental, right? We, we want to rent the track and we need these services and it's a transaction. So any number of ways it can come about. A lot of times, like for instance, Circuit of Soleil is going to open up in, uh, December here. So Circuit de Soleil across the street and one of our lots is going to set their tent and, and do their show. That was when we got a call from France saying, hey, we were there years ago. We'd love to come back. And that started that conversation. Sometimes it's things we see like, hey, we'd love to have that here. That fits our brand. Let's go talk to those guys. So um, we're all selling and looking for opportunity um, in terms of growing what we do and and you know, adding to the portfolio. The biggest enemy I've got is the calendar because I just wish I could add another 60 days to it because we could sell it. I mean, there's that much opportunity out here. Having said that, how many events do you guys do at Charlotte Motor Speedway? Um, if we, I mean, the, the restaurant, everything else, there's, there's more than 1,400 days of activity. There's probably 50 or 60 events that, that we produce or do. Um, I think that was the last count. I mean, things like, you know, summer shootout on Tuesday nights is on one end of the scale to, you know, our cup races, cup race weekends. So when you use the terminology 1,400 days, does – Starts, you start selling my dad. Wait, 1,400, 365. The math is not right. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, you're so – and this is – I'll be honest with you. You know, Greg, when I met you a few years ago, and then I got to know you a little bit more, and you're really nice, and let me come hang out with you at the drag races. I was – I just – I sit around and I look, to be honest with you, and I'm intrigued or enthralled by how big the facility is and mm-hmm. how many things are going on. And then I do talk, to, believe it or not, I talk to your staff and they, they you know, the, the gate guard, you know, I was at the dirt races and the gate guard was so nice to me, you know, and give me a ride. <coughs> and we got to talking about something. He goes, heck, man, I've been here when there's three events a day going on. And I went, yeah. wow, how, how do you manage all that? And uh, so get back to the 1400 days. Explain that to me. So it, it's funny. Um, so World Outlaws Weekend, I had a meeting with a, with a group from overseas in my office. Um, in the infield, there was extreme racing experience where people can race, you know, exotic cars um, on on the road. Okay. On on another in the parking lot, Coke Consolidated was doing um, their their truck rodeo where delivery guys are, are doing a safety rodeo. How do you drive a truck certain ways, you know, through cones, et cetera. And it's something they do every year. And then we had the, the, the world of outlaws. It was a, I guess it was a Friday. Um, and we're getting ready for the Friday set of races over there. So it, it's three things. And these, and these guests we have overseas is like, Holy cow. Like what else is going on? I said, Oh, by the way, I've got a banquet, a big banquet all day meeting going on in the ballroom on five and the restaurant sold out tonight. So, you know, it's, it's busy. Um, and yeah, and then there's other parts. For instance, there's an off-road course that we have. There is a karting course in the infield that was um, hosted. Has hosted some some pretty amazing karting events over the years. Um, 
you know, th- there's camping going on. We have a, a 365 campground that goes on all the time. I think the only day that we don't have activity is Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Uh, we give Christmas Eve off to the workers who do cr- do Speedway Christmas because they ask for that. And then Christmas morning because until we reset that night and do Christmas lights Christmas night. But it's, it is it is nonstop. But <clears throat> we're fortunate to have – we're in a market like Charlotte. We're right off of I-85. Um, there's a, a tourism corridor here at Exit 49. Lots of growth has happened over the years. Um, you have Charlotte Douglas International Airport, which is – the seventh busiest airport in the world, I think, is what I last read. Mm. So accessibility here. Um, there's things in Charlotte that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, the, the shops are here. The Hall of Fame is here. Um, so if you you are a fan of motorsports and any kind of motorsports, there's a lot to see and experience that 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 we're blessed to be around. So we we leverage that. Um, the the cooperation we have with the city and county, the DOT, we can host big events and get people on and off the campus pretty quickly. Um, we, we actually, during COVID, um, we had the largest gathering of people in the state with an Abert Brothers concert. It was a drive-in concert. We used our big screen, if you for your listeners who don't know, the world's second largest outdoor TV screen is here at Charlotte. Um, and we did this drive-in concert and it was safe. We had about 1,500 cars, but estimated about 9,000 people. It was the largest gathering during the pandemic up to that point. And we got people, and all those cars in the infield, we got them out in less than 20 minutes. And it was just like amazing. And so, that's the kind of things you were event people. That's what we do. So how I, that that all amazes me. And I think anybody that pays any attention, uh, the older I get, the more I focus on the details. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. how, how do you? Do you have a whole staff of people that are constantly out there selling these ideas? And what is, I, I guess my one question is, what, what would be considered a daily job for you? Or your, not a daily job, but kind of like your daily ritual. How, how do you show up at work every morning? And then do you have a group of people you meet with? Or are you just ramrodding and doing things and making stuff happen and on fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace and it varies. So, um, you know, we have, we have a, a top notch sales team here that, that does all this stuff, right? They sell partnerships, they sell access, they sell events. Um, then we have Kevin Camper, who's, who's our company's chief revenue officer, his group nationally does the same kind of thing I was doing when I was in, in national sales, right? So they go out and leverage a partnership that may want to look at four or five tracks, so rather than partner A is saying, I'm going to call Texas, I'm going to call Atlanta, I'm going to call Charlotte, Kevin's group actually consolidates that and says, hey, let me, let me make this easy for you as a partner. Um, for me, an average day is it's, it, my, my calendar looks like a, a crossword puzzle, and it's just got all sorts of things blocked off. Um, my focus is, you know, I meet with the, my senior leadership, each of them once a week. So the events, sales, PR, ticketing. Um, operations um, to be sure that we're, we're just moving along. Um, just kind of a weekly in advertising. So we kind of weekly talk about what's going on, just a, a real deep dive on things where I, they have my undivided attention. The, the door's always open except now, but the door's always open when they kind of come in and ask questions during the week. But that's kind of the focus. So I have those scattered throughout the week. There's a lot of government relations stuff that I do, you know, being sure that, that we're, we are well represented in the, in the community and the city and in the state. Um, I was on a on a Zoom call with the North Carolina Travel and Tourism Board for the state, and talking about tourism issues for the state of North Carolina and what we're going to do going into 24. 
Well, you know, you mentioned that, and I, I was looking at some information about you, and I, I guess it's current. It looks like it is. You're like on 13 different boards or volunteer work that you do. How the heck do you juggle all that with that huge speedway over there and all the things you got going on? It, it's tough. I, I, won't, I won't lie. Some of the things when the government relations stuff fell on me, I, I inherited. Um, and there's some boards that, that matter to us strategically, like economic development. I'm chair of tourism for Cabarrus County. Um, there's a there's a regional aspect to Charlotte, so the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance is one. Uh, the tourism things that we do, um, like for instance with the Brooklyn Travel Tourism Coalition and the Tourism Board from the state, I'm the Senate's appointee for that. It's just how do we how do we position North Carolina well for bringing new events to the state? How do we how do we coalesce not coalesce, but how do we aggregate our resources to be to punch above our weight class? Um, and what are the you know, labor force, those kind of things, economic development, things that are facing our, our community. And then um, I still not, I'm, I'm blessed to the governor's appointee for the North Carolina Museum of Art. And that was just a, a, a pure joy because I have a sensational curiosity and I'm around people who know way more than me, which is most of the world for that matter, um, but who know way more about me. And, and just, I'm, I'm learning about the, the treasures that the state of North Carolina has. So it's, um, and then what I'm trying to do, Mike, is I'm trying to get some of my senior guys and our leaders into positions where they're taking this over. Because we're so big, we have a responsibility to be involved in our community. And so getting team members, teammates of ours in places to where they can pick up the mantle. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I have a lot and I'm trying to get them in a place where they're, they're picking up and running with it. Man, you got a, you, you've just got a busy, busy schedule. But let me get back to the whole size of the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So 1,400 days of events tied up. Do you have room to grow, or is that just you're maxed out? Or you got? I know you said you wish you had 60 more days because you could book them all. But can you book more events there or not? I'm just I'm willing to guess that the guy who put him on the B team thinks there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My boss, uh, my, I, I was I was speaking up in New York and, and, and someone asked me about Marcus. I said, look, I work for the Walt Disney of wheels. I just got to make the dreams come true. So my my most interesting days might start when the boss walks in and says, hey, geez, I had an idea. Like, Hold on. Let me grab a pad of paper and pen. And he just starts, you know, ideating. I'm like, OK, let me see if we can do this. And it's nice to have him where he's kind of, you know, be able to look at things from a macro piece because some days, you know, with all the activity, I can I can get in the weeds and it gets very granular problem solving or helping the team problem solve stuff. So he's he's like, hey, what if we did this? I'm like, wow, I never thought of that, Marcus. So let me go chase that down or go look at that. Um, there's always room to grow. I mean, I, I, it's, it's a big campus. Why can't I have four or five things going on? Um, we tried uh, last year or sorry, in September. We had Auto Fair, the iconic art car show we do in the fall here, going on at the big track. And then across the street, we were doing super motocross with motorcycles with Feld. Um, and both were successful. But and that was kind of cool, right? Now, now my, my staff looked at me. I talked to them. Hey, can we pull this off? And they're like, yeah, we, we think we can. If we do this, this, and this, we can pull this off. Like, okay. Because one of our core tenants, we have four tenants as a company. The first one is that, that we take care of our teammates. And we talk about all the time is that if we're not taking care of each other, that's going to dictate the level of service our guests have. And I firmly believe that if your if your team, if your employees are not, you know, don't feel have you don't have good culture, they don't feel good about themselves, they don't feel good about where they work, that's going to dictate the level of experience your guests have. So we, we take care of our teammates. 
The other thing is that we get we are known for remarkable events, and you guys have seen the history of things happening out here. What is what are remarkable events for Charlotte Motor Speedway, and how do we whatever we do are do are we putting that DNA on it? The third tenet is that we invest in our community, that we are we are a big part of the communities where we work, and we're going to continue to give back and support that. And then the last one is that we improve profitably. Not every decision or every event we do is profitable. And so we need to take a hard look at, does this make sense from a financial standpoint? We have resources that we that are allowed to use. How do we use those in a positive way to grow a to grow company? Let's take a break. I used to attend some of those meetings. Oh, it's yeah, all about the you? bottom line. Okay. Right We're That's talking to VPGF Charlotte Motor Speedway. Greg Walter is our guest today. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, it's Jeff Kent. You need to get behind the wheel of a vehicle that's built tough with Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln. Right now, you can get $500 off any new or used vehicle that we have in stock. That's right, $500 off any vehicle currently in stock. To take advantage of this deal, simply visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com slash Wallace. Don't miss out on this opportunity to save big on our entire inventory. Get $500 off new or used cars, trucks, and SUVs at Mark Ficken Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard now. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln on South Boulevard. The team at Mark Fick and Ford Lincoln works hard every day to be a community partner in supporting their customers, local businesses, as well as being involved in local charities and programs. Visit FordLincolnCharlotte.com today for your next vehicle selection, service appointment, or collision need. One more go-round with Greg Walter, and once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, Greg, you were mentioning in the last segment there about your boss walking in the door, and I assume we're, we're talking about Marcus Smith. And uh, yeah. I was at an event a couple years ago, many years ago. I forgot how many. It was the, a brakes organization, Doug Herbert's Brakes. It was the gala, yeah. and we were uh, <coughs> wherever, and I, I ran into Marcus. And I, it's kind of crazy. I've seen Marcus for my kind of like my whole racing career, but I don't really know him well. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of – I don't know why, but uh, – he was working on that MLS thing back at that time. And I, I says, why would you want to get into the soccer business? I mean, you just think somebody, they're just, they're racers, you know? That's yeah. us weird racers are just racers. That's all we, <laughs> That's and he goes, and he looks at me just so sincere. And he goes, and with a real calm voice, he goes, Mike, we're in the entertainment business. There you go. Yeah. And he goes, Amen. soccer is entertainment. And he and, says, and so. It, and it certainly he, is. I mean, you know, with what David Tepper has brought to, um, to Charlotte is pretty amazing. I mean, I've, I've not been to a game, but uh, it, have you? They say it's wildly entertaining. Yeah, I, I, you know, of course, I've been to football games. My son-in-law and his family have a suite there, and they, they oblige and allow me to come hang out now and then with them. But I just, the way he said that that night, I thought to myself, wow, that's, it isn't about soccer. It's an event. It's just entertainment. So uh, right. l listen to you, Greg, talk about all the things you got going on. What do you think about that? And you, you got to have some good stories. We got we got to dig a story or two out of you through your <laughs> career, you know, or something funny, or throwing one of your comrades under the bus. You got. <clears> I'll throw a name out. <laughs> so here we go. You ready? Humpy Wheeler. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. <laughs> so so listen. So when I got the job, right? I mean, um, Ed Clark called me from Atlanta. Ed's a dear friend and mentor. Greg, congratulations. You understand the job that you have. I'm like, yeah, I, I know I'm really humbled by it. No, no, Greg, 
you understand that you're going behind Bruton? You understand you're going behind Humpy and, and, and Marcus? Yeah, I, now I'm beginning to like doubt myself. And he's like, just don't, just, just don't screw it up. I'm like, thanks, Ed. I really appreciate the pep talk. Um, but, you know, the, the Humpy, you know, I, I, I sought him out. Um, it was at a race, and, and um, I, I wanted to go see him, right? And, and I, I'd known Humpy a long time, and, and um, he's always been, you know, very generous with his time and, and advice. And so I went to go see him and, and do, during the race one time. He said, yeah, you know, you go do fine. You'll be fine. You call me a time. Let's get together for lunch. Said, yes, sir. So my first Coke 600, um, he said, well, here's my cell number. So my first Coke 600, it's raining. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty – and it's, it's your worst nightmare as a, as, a, as a GM because the fans can't see the rain because there's this, like, wrath of God, Old Testament-like storm coming – from the other side of the track over the grandstand. So I'm looking out from on the top and looking like this looks bad, but it's sun shining on the track. And so like, we got eight miles of light, you know, lightning's eight miles. We got to clear the stands. And so trying to get people out of stands and kind of in a frantic pace, the storm's moving quick. Um, and then Humpy and then um, Humpy calls me. I'm like, I can come back, I'll get back later. So I hit ignore. So talking, we're trying to talk through things, talking to security, ops, how we get people out. And people are not moving as fast as we need them to. You know, let's get the security guys down there, get people out. Hoppy calls again. I know, dude, ignore it. So um, that's a third time. So I'm not, again, we're in the heat of battle trying to get things done. And then he calls a third time. Like, Humpy, yeah, kind of in the middle of stuff. He's like, no, trash trucks. What? Get your trash trucks out. Humpy, it's rain. What are you talking about? Get your trash trucks out. They're going to be drunk. They're going to get angry. They're going to start fighting. Get your trash trucks and drive them up and down the concourse. Break them up. Like, what? <laughs> I, I, I got I to call you back. So I hang out. So we're going through things. And, you know, sure, people kind of crowd on the concourse. And I tell the ops guy, hey, just drive one of the trash carts up and back, if you don't mind. He's like, really? Said, yeah, just just humor me. Do this. And so sure enough, he's driving the golf cart. You know, these golf carts back up and down real slow, kind of breaking people up, getting people moving around. I didn't have a single incident. So I called him later. And I'm like, doggone it. You were right. He said, some things don't change, kid. They just don't change. You know what? Like, Got it. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's been very generous. I, we were, uh, I sit on the board of the North Carolina Motorsports Association, which is teams and racetracks and, and industries that serve motorsports. And he was at our gala and, uh, you know, he, he walked up to me and was going to the table and I'm, Hey, Humpy's good to see you. And, he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, you know what? I've had my eye on you. I said, okay. And he said, I think you may actually make something of yourself. I said, I think there may be hope for me, Humpy. There may be, there may be a little bit of hope for me. He said, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure yet. He said, you may or may not, but I think you have potential. I said, well, I, Humpy, I really appreciate that. He gave that kind of, you know, that, that Irish wink of his and like, you know, I'm kidding with you. But he's, he was, he's been great. Um, so a, a quick story. Um, let me let me quick. ask you something real quick. I'm yeah. going to interrupt that. North Carolina yeah. Motorsports Association, uh -huh. NCMA. It's been around. I was at the event last year when uh, I, I I'll put it this way. And you tell me if I'm saying it wrong. Greg Fernelli, who had been the uh, director of that for many years, handed the battalion uh, in baton baton to you, you. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. he was a chair um, chair of the board, and then um, I. I'm the other Greg. Like I call people now, I was like, oh, you're not the funny Greg. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the other Greg. <laughs> so, so what does, for for the everybody listening, what does the NCMA do? So the NCMA is about promoting the welfare of the industries that serve motorsports. So, um, for instance, when the American Rescue Plan 
the state made funds available through the federal program, the NCMA kind of contacted these racetracks of both, you know, dragways, dirt tracks across the state and said, hey, look, there's there's a resource here that we can help you tap into. Um, there have been some, you know, tax incentives for the teams. There have been, you know, how do we do overall health wise? How do we continue to be sure that, that motorsports is healthy in our state? And what we realized is, is that probably other than Indiana, there's no state that is as linked to motorsports um, as North Carolina is. You think of the tracks, you think of all the industries here. And then one of the stories that's not told is all the ancillary industries that come off of the skilled manufacturing that come from the teams helping, you know, other industries be successful. So it is just basically the health and growth of the motorsports industry in the state. And so our board consists of track owners, it consists of teams, um, different, you know, there, there's bankers on there, insurance people on there, manufacturers on there, Cornelli's on there, um, that are just want to see people whose lives depend on the success of motorsports be successful. Beautiful. I didn't mean to interrupt where you were going with the no, story, no. but it's like, you know, I've been to NCMA events, like for the awards banquets and that, but it's like, what, what do they do every day? Yeah. I, I used to be on their newsletter, but I guess I'm not entitled yeah, to that anymore. You know? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they oversee the, the health the and well-being of the sport. I got you. Yeah. All right. How, okay, go back to a story. We, we got the uh, All right. Eddie Latin, and yeah. Humpy story. Got anything else? Because I, I got a whole bunch yeah. of questions. <laughs> so so this is – I'll try to make this quick. So we, when we were in, in Atlanta, um, you know, each of our tracks does Legends Racing, right? So um, here it's, it's, it's Summer Shootout. In Atlanta, it was Thursday Thunder. We would do Legends Races. And the P&L on that is kind of skinny, that we would do um, only – uh, Advertising-wise, we tried like short track promoter trying to come up with these crazy things. Like here, when we have pastors race school buses, you know, they bring the congregations out. Then we try to do something and say, "Hey, if your ma- name is Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you get in for free or for faster pastor." <laughs> um, and then I got a reporter asked me, and I told him, "Hey, you know, if your name is Judas, it's thirty bucks." And they <laughs> kind of got that. So, you know, anyway. Um, so in Atlanta, we we were trying. It was the first night and. You always try to get a big crowd the first night because that kind of leads to your dictates your success for the rest of the season. So our events guys found this local escape artist named the Great Moudini. Um, we had used him before some things. Uh, he had a great life story, he, kind of a broken family, hard life, but used illusion and magic to kind of take, teach kids about, you know, uh, redemption and how they can make their lives better. So he was going to do this thing where we were going to chain him to the back of a Camaro and he was going to get out of the chains before – um, you know, the chain ran out. And so we're, I, I'm sitting in this pre-production meeting. And so Ted Austad, who was the guy down there, was like, and G-Dub, so when we give you the cue to go, you know, you're going you're to wait a second and you're going to drive off. I'm like, wait, me? Oh, yeah, you're, you're kind of the most mature of the bunch. And we thought it'd be better if you drove the car. I'm like, wait, this is a bad idea. No, no, G-Dub, don't worry about it. This is going to be, this is my famous words, this is going to be fine. Don't, don't worry about it. So um, that night came, we had a big crowd of kids and families, and uh, I back up the car that I'm driving the Camaro. I'm again, I am having all sorts of doubt about this. I back up and I meet the great Moudini, super nice guy. His, his manager or his, his helper was with him. 
And so while we back the car up, fans are cheering, Ted's on the microphone. He's, oh, my gosh, the death defying the great Moudini. You know, could he have his arms ripped from his body? Like, Ted, shut up. Will you? This, is, this, is getting me ner- this is getting me nervous. So back up, and I said, yo, we all agree on the soon. Yeah, so, so the great Moudini says, I'm going to give you two thumbs up. Um, the the, the saddest doesn't say, if you don't see him, I'm going to give you two thumbs up. I got it, and then we're going to say go. Again, I'm all butterflies. This is not a good idea. So we back up and, and you know, Ted's like, three, two, one, hit it. And I look, Moudini gives me two thumbs up and he's starting to mess with the chain. I look in the side mirror, his his assistant, like, okay, we're good, go. And I look at Ted and Ted whispers, go. And so I ease into the gas and I start going down and I'm looking in the rear view mirror and like, we're running out of chain and all of a sudden, boom. He gets yanked forward, and I slam on the brakes. I'm like, oh my god, I killed the guy! Okay, my heart races. Yeah. Now you can laugh now because it's, it's now I'll look back. You know, I'll tell you the rest of the story. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I killed the guy. So like, and then Ted says, oh no, the great Modini's down. I'm like, oh my gosh, we did. This is gonna. Oh, this is bad. I'm going to jail. This is bad. I've killed this guy. So he sits up. I'm like, okay, well he's he's working. The great Modini is sitting up. I'm like Ted, stop with the commentary on the obvious. Normally protocol is for grace and for the fans. You pull the ambulance, you know, between the the driver or the or the accident and the stand, so that you can operate clearly. Well, we we didn't. We pulled it behind, so everybody's <laughs> watching this. We, I'm hearing women and kids cry and scream. <laughs> oh I mean, it is it is <laughs> ugly. And I'm like, I'm a wreck. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm such a rule fight. Oh my gosh, this is so bad, so bad. So we used to do this little bit in the grandstands called Dead or Alive, where we would ask the fans, "Hey, Frank Sinatra, Dead or Alive? You know, Michael Jackson, Dead or Alive?" So Allison Fillmore, who now works at the PGA, says, hey, Gita, uh, the tower says, let's do Dead or Alive. I said, no, we're not doing Dead or Alive. No, do name that tune. Do something else. So uh, we, get him, we get him going, and, and uh, Ed was actually racing Legends cars. And it's like, uh, so call, he calls me on the way home, and he said, Greg, tell me exactly what happened tonight. And I you know, go through painful detail, and then he says, now – Tell me what part of chaining a man to a Camaro sound like a good idea. I'm like, well, Ed, we're, we're promoters, I, you know, but the way you put it, yeah, that was kind of a stupid idea. So he actually, the, the great Moudin was on the news um, the next day. He talked about he was still in the chain and, and everything else. But it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really tough. And then I remember having to call Jeff Chu at Chevrolet. Um, say, hey, Jeff, I kind of used your car for an unintended purpose. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff listened. Yeah, he actually his daughter got married that weekend, so I couldn't get a hold of him like five days. Like, oh my gosh, she's heard. You know, Chevrolet is going to kick us out. This is bad. And um, so I understand now in the Chevrolet agreements, there's actually what they call the GW clause, which is Chevrolet shall not be used for unintended purposes other than in some legalese in there. But um, so anyway, I mean ta- later, I mean the, the Great Moutines on Tosh 2.0 on um on a video of it and so i get home that night and i'm like surely no one filmed this right of the six thousand people in the grandstand surely no one filmed this Wrong. and i'm going through uh, yeah i know exactly so I, i'm going through i'm going through youtube and i'm in search refresh refresh and for a while nothing's showing up i'm like okay maybe no um there's one video there's two videos they're like disaster atlanta there is great Moudini in atlanta and it gets worse and worse and like oh i just my stomach i want to throw up so I'm at church on Sunday, and one of my friends from my small group's like, "Hey, Walters, I, I, saw, I saw what happened in track on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of bad. Is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. You know, he, you know, he's a gracious guy, and, and I think I think he's gonna be fine." He said, 
who is the idiot driving the car? I was an intern. We fired him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We fired the intern. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he don't look, it was a stupid idea. You know, I don't know, he's gone. He doesn't look good anymore. Uh, so anyway, so if you're around promoters enough and you ought to ask anybody that you get on your show, what's the one promotion that failed? Because we all have them. We all have these ones like, oh my gosh, this is a really bad idea. So we were doing something for the NHRA race in the spring where we had four skydivers come down the track because it was a four wide. And so I go out and the, and the clouds cleared enough for them to go. And all these guys are kind of like ex-military and really good at what they do. And I'm looking up and um, they're coming and they're moving really fast and they're really close. And, and I turned to one of my events guys. I said, you remember that great Ludini video I shared with you? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, this is one of those moments where it thought it felt like it was a good idea in the conference room, but I'm really happy to second down. Boss, you're okay. But just in case, let's step back over here. And, just, and, and they, they, they pulled it off. But they're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. So my risk aversion has gotten more pronounced the older I've gotten. Um, but yeah, the great move. I get teased about it. It's on internet fails people it comes up all the time i'll get texts from friends i know when it's on tv because people will text me like oh my gosh i just saw the great movie oh, I'm, lo- I'm looking for it on youtube when i get home yeah, <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you normally by this time of the show jeff has done pulled his up. phone yeah. up and, and then found it and shown me the picture of it so uh, well, well greg it, number one buddy it sounds like you've had a a stellar career, a real exciting growing up career. You learned a lot along the way. You're uh, you're the leader of, uh, I don't know if it's the biggest, I call it the biggest uh, sporting venue in the country. You got a lot going on. It's exciting. We live in the area. We like seeing everything that's happening. And we, we're really happy you joined us today. Maybe you can come back and we can talk some more. You got a lot going on. We only hit part of it. Uh, listen, but I appreciate, um, I, I think I, I told you earlier that when you talked about the show, um, I was really humbled. And then when I saw the list of people you had on, I'm like, is he, does he get me confused with somebody else? I mean, I, you know, is this like, <laughs> <laughs> am I worthy to be on this show? Um, but you, I looked at the story and listening to, to several of the podcasts, you guys are just great storytellers and, and get people to share things um, in a natural way. And, and kudos to you both. It's just, it's a, it's a real refreshing and just, uh, excited to be part of it. Outstanding. Great. And if you need any help coming up with promotions for May, just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Je- Jeff's your guy, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to hang out. I like hanging out. You know, I learn a lot. But Hey, I will ask you real quick before we hang up because it's intrigued me. I was over by the speedway the other day and what I call to the south of the track, turns one and two across the road. What's going on over there? I see a lot of dirt being moved. We um, we are building an outside road course. We're building a dedicated outside road course because there's just so much going on here. Yeah. Um, Somebody told me I that think... was going to be a hotel. Is there a hotel involved over there at all? Not on that side, no, but we're always looking at, at what's going to make sense for development here on the property. You know, we have all this land. Cool. It's a tourism corridor. Um, the boss is, is, is bullish on there's more to do here. And given that it, it's Charlotte and it's the legacy of Charlotte, um, there's, there's a lot of upside. And so we're taking steps towards that. But this was taking some land and building a, an outside road course that we can make busy right away you know what bothers me now jeff what's that mike there was a piece of property connected to that about six months ago and i was bidding on it (laughs) there was a place out of atlanta auctioning off it was a little sliver i knew i should have kept bidding you should have is that where the credentials office used to be all right well hey thank you for the insight we really enjoyed it
Uh, kudos to you and your team. Keep it up and uh, stay in touch. We really enjoyed having you on. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Thank you, Greg. There goes VPGM Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by MyRace Pass and NASCAR Digital Media.